And so uh, welcome to week two of our series. And uh, last week we started a brand new series called Counter Culture. And the idea is that uh, God teaches, God wants us to live a different culture. He wants us to be a part of a different culture than what's outside these walls. He wants us to be different. And so last week we talked about how it comes down to either we love the world, we love the things that are in the world, we, we, we serve those things, uh, we, we follow those things, or we love God. And we saw how everything that comes from the world, every accomplishment, every award, it will not last. We've seen that. And so this week, we're going to jump into an aspect of culture, a part of culture that, in my opinion... Is one of the most important aspects of culture to be different in. And last week I kind of hinted towards it by telling you all that this week we're talking about sex. And we're not going to have the birds and the bees and nothing like that. But I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what the Bible says about sex. Because there are misconceptions to when it comes to sex. There are uh, misconceptions about what it looks like and all those things. And so... Uh, usually I have an introduction and all that, but tonight we're going to jump straight into Scripture. We're going to jump straight into what the Bible has for us. And we're going to be in different places tonight as far as Scripture. So if you want to follow along, you can in the Bibles that you have. Uh, there's page numbers on your note sheets. Um, but, but feel free if you, don't, if you just want to listen, that's fine too. But again, we're going to kind of be at different places. We're going to start in one place, uh, kind of go over here, and then we're going to come back to that same place though. But... Uh, the first scripture that I want to read to you is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. The first part, it says, flee from sexual immorality. Flee from sexual immorality. And so the first uh, part of your notes is this, is that the life of a Jesus follower should be marked by sexual integrity. That the life of someone who says that I follow Jesus, it should be marked by sexual integrity. And today's culture will tell you the opposite. It'll tell you that it's not important that being uh, a person with sexual integrity is not important and that you should have sex whenever you want with whoever you want. That's what culture says. And culture will push this message. If you really take the time to look, it'll push this message through a lot of different things like social media, and movies, and TVs, and, and, and TV shows, and music, right? Like, if you really take the time to look at what's being pushed out in these different uh, ways, and social media, and movies, TVs, all that, culture is sneaky. They will camouflage a lot of what they try to teach you to make it look like it's not what they're trying to teach you. So... For example, um, so as y'all know, uh, I, I like music, right? Who likes music? Right, all of us do, right? Uh, and, you know, me, I, I am, a, am a sucker for good beats. You know what I'm talking about? Like when that beat hits, you're like, yeah, I can get down to that, right? Your, 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 your shoulders start dipping a little bit, and your elbows go out a little bit, you know? And your feet start moving a little bit, right? So I'm a sucker for music. Now I'm going to play uh, a song or two that you probably know, but don't worry, there's no lyrics to it. 
God double-checked like five times to make sure it would not do this. Okay? Uh, because, let's just be honest, okay? We'll start this song. Right? That beat is like, yeah, see? Lydia's like, yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. Right? You start feeling it and shit. You're like, yeah. Leading with it. Hey. You know? Right? Go side to side. Right? Hey, hey, right? So, good beat, right? Good beat. Now, if you pause that and you look at what the words are saying, it is very far from what God wants you to hear. It's very far from what God wants you to put into your system, to put into your ears. Now, you know me, I like my beast, so I do one more, right? Gotta, gotta run it back for the ones in the back, you know? <laughs> gotta run it back. I didn't mean it for that one to happen, but that was cool. <laughs> now, y'all probably know this song, okay? And again, I double-checked this one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh, my bad, my bad. So see, some of y'all are laughing because you know what this song is talking about. Right? You're like, wow, he is playing that song in church. Yeah, yeah, I, hey. Hey, how you doing with the Here all week. Hey, hey. Now, now, the beat's good, right? And again, I know I was being silly there for a minute, but listen, if you really look at the songs of that, or the words of that song, I promise you, it is not what God wants you to be listening to. It is not what God wants you to be putting into into your ears because what we know is that what you intake, what what you bring into your life, it's going to impact you somehow. And so we can get distracted. We can get uh, distracted by all these things. So I'm not trying to convince you to, uh, to to like go live under a rock. I'm not trying to convince you like to forsake the whole world and like live in a cave and like wear nothing but sackcloth. I'm not trying to tell you that, okay? Because listen, my little girl, she's going to love music, okay? She, she even loves it now. Like when, we're, when we're in the car and we're jamming, she'll start moving. I'm like, hey, that's my girl right there. She's moving to the music already. Okay, so she's going to love music. She's not, she's not going to be one of those people that lives under a rock. And in fact, in John 17, 15, it tells us that Jesus wants us to be in the world. He says, Father, don't take them out of the world, but protect them from the enemy. Protect them from the devil. So Jesus doesn't want you to be out of the world. Have y'all heard the phrase before, not of the world, but in the world? Y'all heard that before? Yeah. So Jesus wants you to be in the world. He wants you to be different in the world. He wants you to, to, to make a difference, but he doesn't want you to be of the world. And so here's what I'm saying, and, and, and here's the next, thing on, the next thing on your notes. In the right context, in the right context, sex is a good thing and meant to be enjoyed. That in the right context, sex is a good thing and meant to be enjoyed. I know some people have the belief that, well, if, 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 if I become a Christian, well, I can't have no more fun. I can't do all these things. And, and, that, and that is not the case. Because if you actually uh, read through the Bible, sex was created by God. Like God created sex. Okay, It wasn't one of those things that we just, oh, what's this? Oh, cool. No, that's not how it happened. Okay. Y'all are terrible. Y'all are terrible. 
So sex was created by God, but also he created it to be enjoyed, but in the right context. And what can happen is if, if we're not careful, we flip those two around. Because we're all about having fun, we're all about uh, the excitement of it, all those things. But it, if it's not in the right context, it, 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 it's not good. So in other words, sexual enjoyment comes from having the right context. And so if we're going to live a countercultural life when it comes to sex, when it comes to uh, pursuing sexual integrity, let's go back to the very beginning, to where God meant it to be, to how God meant it to be. And so in Genesis chapter 2, and I know I'm like kind of speeding this, but I'm getting excited too, and I don't know, I can't help it. So in Genesis chapter 2, y'all know about Adam and Eve, right? Y'all have heard about Adam and Eve before? Yeah? Okay. So, first man, first woman, right? And so in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it says, This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So, simply put, if you want to know what the right context for sex is, it's very simple. Marriage. That is it. There's no, well, what if this? No, it is, that's it. The right context for sex is marriage. There's no other right context. There's no other, well, what if this? No, no. So what does it mean to become one flesh? Becoming one flesh, next thing I notes, becoming one flesh means becoming one in everything. That when Adam and Eve, when they became one, they became one in everything. I'm talking about they became one emotionally, spiritually. And for us today, when we come into a marriage, we come into it, you know, being one intellectually, being one financially, and every other way. So every possible way, including sex, is meant to stay in the marriage. And that's it. When I was growing up, and I have to believe it's still here, but when I was growing up, you know, I, 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 I grew up in church, but there's this idea that, well, if I don't go all the way, that's okay, right? If, 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 if I do everything but go all the way, that, that's okay, right? Short answer, no. Going back to 1 Corinthians 6.18, it says, flee from sexual immorality. If you keep reading, there's no flee from sexual immorality except here, except there. It's pretty clear. Free from all sexual immorality. And so when a man and wife become one flesh, it's no longer just about them. It's no longer just about you. And, 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 and that's one of the misconceptions when it comes to sex. That sex is, it says that the culture said it's all about you when it comes to sex. It is not about you when it comes to sex. You may believe that because culture says, you know, have it when you want it, wherever you want it, with whoever you want it, right? Because they think it's all about you. They say sex is all about you and only you. And that's not true. Because when you become one, when you give yourself to your husband or to your wife, you are giving every single part of you to them. 
So there's more. It's, 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 it's not just that we have to have the right context because, listen, just because we choose the right context and we, and, and, and we pursue sexual integrity, that does not mean that you are off limits to the enemy. That does not mean that the enemy is not going to try to trip you up and get you off track. If you're here and you say, you know what, I'm going to do my best to be sexually pure until marriage. The enemy does not see that and think, okay, I can't touch him or her. He says, all right, game on. If I, if, if, if I can't get you to go all the way to do uh, what, what God doesn't want you to do, I'm going to try to tempt you along the way. I'm, I'm going to try to get you off track. You know, one of the tools that the devil uses often, especially when it comes to sex and, and pursuing sexual integrity, is temptation. He uses that. Especially when it comes to sex. And why is temptation so dangerous? Why is it something that, that, we, are, that we are constantly trying to, to avoid? Before I tell you why, let me read to you James chapter 1, verses 14 through 15. It says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own desires and enticed. Then after desire, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. So why is temptation so dangerous? Why is it so important that you and I recognize it and that we try to flee from it? Because un Managed temptations lead to unmanageable troubles. That's the next thing in your notes is that unmanaged temptations lead to unmanageable troubles. You know, James is pretty clear here about what will happen to us if we let temptation run our lives. If you're here and, 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 and you let temptation Run your life, direct what you do, direct how you think, direct how you talk, all those things. He's pretty clear what's going to happen. If temptation and walking in these things, walking in these temptations are in the driver's seat, I promise you, every time, it will lead you to sin. Which then leads to what? Thank you. Thank you, Eli. So, when we let sin, when we, when we find ourselves walking in sin, and if we're not careful, that's going to lead us to death. And listen, every time that I preach something, every time that I teach something, I'm teaching from it with grace. Okay? Because I know that, yes, in, in, in a perfect world, we could withstand temptation, we could uh, withstand you know, the devil and all that he's got, but really, we can't, especially if we're trying to do it without Jesus. If we're trying to do it without Jesus, if you're trying to, trying to pursue sexual integrity without Jesus, I promise you it won't work. promise you that. One of the most common temptations for not living a life of sexual integrity is pornography. You know, people may say, well, Aaron, it's, it's, and listen, I know it's kind of awkward to talk about, but I'm not stupid, okay? I realize 
how present sex is, sex is in today's culture, especially students. And some people will say, well, Aaron, you probably shouldn't talk about that with middle school baloney because I know that in middle school it's no different. It's no different. And so one of the most common temptations for, for, to, to not have a life of sexual integrity is pornography. Because people say, you know, Aaron, it's, 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 it's only watching the video. And, and, and what's the harm in watching the video? We, we, we watch videos all the time. What's, what's the harm in watching videos? You see, watching pornography is not just simply watching a video. Because there's much more than that. It's not just watching a video. Because I promise you, I promise you, that that kind of video will have deeper impacts than you can even realize. And you know how I know? Because I've been there. When I was in high school, I wrestled with this a lot. So I know what it can do to you. I know how it, how it makes you a person you weren't planning on becoming. I've been there. I've been there when, when someone caught me, when someone knew that I was doing it, and even though I tried to lie myself out of it, I couldn't do it. Because just watching, it's not just watching a video. Because I thought that too. It's just, it's just a video. It's just a video. And it's just one time, right? Everybody's talking about it. I got to see what it's about. It's just, it's just one time, and it's not. I don't know of anyone who has just watched it one time. Maybe there are, and I hope that there are. I pray to God that there are. But for most people, the average person, it's not just one time. I know that y'all are students, you're probably not thinking about marriage quite yet. And if you are, you probably want a minute here. You know, so I get it. But if I could tell you something that's gonna, if you can get this now, I promise you, It'll make your future better. If, 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 if you're here and you are wrestling with this, if you're wrestling with watching pornography and watching these things, let me tell you something that will save you in the future. Pornography will kill a marriage before it even starts. It'll kill a marriage before it even starts. Why? Because pornography gives us this false reality of what sex should be like. It gives you this picture, this image of what sex should be like. And I promise you that the images, the videos that it's giving you, that's feeding you, that's pushing into you and, and, and into your mind, that is not how God wanted sex to be. That is not how God wanted it to be. Because culture tells us that sex should look like this and it should look like that and that you should have it whenever you want, right? Because... Listen, the internet, it's, 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 it has some great things, but man, it can be so dangerous. Because anyone, anyone, anywhere can find anything they want. And that's why my daughter's not having a phone until she's 50 years old. Maybe 60. And so we can find it, we can look it up whenever we want. And that's what culture says. If you're feeling it, if you want it, go ahead and go and find it. Wherever you want, find it. But again, that is not how God intended it to be. And as we've seen already, 
that image of sex, that 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 belief of sex is totally different. It is it is radically different than what God intended when he created sex. Because again, if you read through the Bible, actually, which I, I'm not going to read you any of, any of it, but if you read through the Bible, there are parts in the Bible where they talk about sex and how, and, 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 and how good it is. Okay, I'm just going to be real with you guys. We're mature here, most of us. But it talks about how good sex is meant to be. But the only way that it can be as good as the Bible talks about is if, it, is if it's starting in the right context. That is the only way. And I'm going to take it a step further because maybe you're thinking, well, Aaron, I don't, I don't, I don't wrestle with that. I don't, that's something that I've never done. don't plan to. And hey, if that's you, that's great. That is great. But there's other ways that we can be tempted other than just watching a video. Because see, we can be tempted by either sending pictures or receiving pictures. And, and for those that you're like, you know what, I'm going to play dumb. I don't know what he's talking about. I'll make it very clear for you. I'm talking about sexting. I'm talking about pictures that you send to yourself or that you get from somebody else that are not good. Okay? And listen, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be like all up on like your toes. I but this is something that if we're gonna live a counterculture life, we have to change this right here. We have to. Because if this is not changed, you're gonna look just like you do out there. And I know this is a deep subject. This is a this is a heavy aspect of culture to talk about. But let's be real. If we are gonna truly embrace this counterculture life, we have to go through the heavy stuff. We have to have this heavy change. And so, arguably, this sexting is probably more common than watching pornography, especially when it comes to students. In a 2018 study, it showed that 27% of teens, against 2018, 27% of teens received, re, re, received sexts, and around 15% are sending them. The same study showed that 51% of male students and 30, 32% of female students first viewed porn before their teenage years. Before their teenage years. And if that was 2018... I don't even want to know what the stats are now. Because now, let's, let's, let's not even throw in social media into that one. If, if we do that, man, I, I guarantee those stats go up through the roof. And so maybe you're here and you're thinking, well, Aaron, you know, it's my body, so I get to choose what I do with it. And just being honest with you, you are completely wrong on that one. You are completely wrong. If you look at 1 Corinthians, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so the next thing on your notes is this, is that our bodies, if you have come into a relationship with Jesus, if you, if you are a Jesus follower in this room tonight, your bodies do not belong to you. So it's not, a, it's, it's not your body to do whatever you want with. And not only is it not your body, 
but you are the temple. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so how are you treating it? How are you treating the Holy Spirit temple that you have with you? What are other people seeing from you when it comes to that? Because we will, we will treat our bodies right when it comes to our physical appearance, right? We're going to eat everything right. We're going we're to exercise right. We're going to drink all the right things. And so we will spend so much time and attention when it comes to our physical integrity, when it comes to how our bodies look physically. And I can tell you that that same kind of desire, that same kind of attention and that focus, it should be the same when it comes to your sexual integrity. If you're going to bust your butt to be physically fit and strong, you better do the same thing when it comes to your sexuality. You better pursue that sexual integrity because that's what the Bible says to do. It's not me telling you my opinion, although most of this is my opinion because I believe what the Bible says. I'm not trying to convince you of how I think or how I believe. I'm telling you what God says. I'm telling you how God sees when it comes to sex. And so a counterculture life is a life that pursues sexual integrity. So how can we do this? This application for us, how can we do that? Two things, very simple. The first thing is guard your heart and guard your mind. Guard your heart from the people who want you to cross the line. If you're in a relationship, you have a boyfriend, girlfriend, and they're trying to pressure you to cross that line, you better drop them. Because it's not worth it. Guard your heart. Don't settle for some bum who just wants to get in your pants. Don't settle for that. Settle for someone who will treat you like you should be treated. And I'm not just talking about the ladies. I'm talking about the guys here in here too. Find you a girl that's going to treat you like you should be treated. Girls, find you a guy that will see you as God sees you. Not as someone to get whatever they want from. So guard your heart, but then guard your mind too. Guard that mind. Listen, we all know what our temptations are. We all know what our danger spots are. We all know that if, if, if I go down this road, if, 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 if I start looking at this or watching this, it's going to lead this. We all know those things. So if you know what those things are, don't run towards those things. If you know that you shouldn't be watching this, don't watch it. If you know that you shouldn't be pursuing this, don't pursue that. Because the Bible says that to think of the lovely things, of the pure things, of the honorable things. That's what, you, that's what your mind should be about. Your mind should be about Jesus and that is it. So don't let other people make you a different person than you should be. Don't let yourself do it. 